Face Reality with Bravo. Today's a solo recap for this season's Southern Charmer Reunion Part 1. Like I've said before, Susan's on her bachelorette trip, and hopefully next week she will continue doing the reunion with me. I'm worried, though, because Suzanne isn't that invested in Southern Charm. She does like watching the episodes, but she isn't a big fan of the reunion. So I'm not sure she's going to be joining me in any of them, but it's okay. So... Uh, what is today? Today is a Friday. Yes, so I will have this posted today as long as well as with my Beverly Hills in the Miami episode that I recorded yesterday. Those will also be posted by tonight. And don't forget to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Rate us, leave a review, let me know how I'm doing or what you guys would rather me focus on. And we will be on YouTube very soon where you could see me and Suzanne's faces. So I think that's going to be really exciting. But anyways, let's get into this reunion. It's season nine, episode 16. And so they all come in and we get right into it. Everyone's seated down. Well, actually, no, before they get seated down, as uh, they're going through every room when people are getting ready, Shep gives us a quote from Napoleon. It's directed towards Austin and it goes like, never interfere with your opponent when he's making a mistake. It's rude. And then he starts chuckling after that. Oh, Shep. He's always ready with his wise words. But they all get seated on the couch. And Andy welcomes everyone. And they actually designed the set based on Shep's mountain house. So I really like this design. I love the whole mountain view and the scenic vibes of it. I really want to own like a house in the mountains in Colorado or Utah at some point in my life. I don't know. I'm, I'm conflicted between that or a house by the beach. Obviously, I'd love a house by the beach, but, you know, whoever I end up with, it depends on what what they want to, and then we'll make an agreement upon that. But Taylor does say that she will be owning up to everything this episode, so let's hope she's right. And JT says that he, well, not just this episode, but for the entirety of the reunion, obviously. And JT, JT is already starting so strong way too early, and he says that he'll be performing his very first F-boy exorcism. Andy even looks annoyed by that. Like, JT, it's been one minute so far. They just took a seat on the couches, and JT's already coming in hot. It's not really the best way to make your appearance to the reunion, but I guess JT just really wants a second season. So if that's what he wants, that is, I guess, what he's going to end up getting. And so Andy gets into it. Uh, He actually starts by asking everyone who thinks pandas are real. And I was surprised when Taylor, it seemed like she ended up believing Craig and she isn't so sure if Taylor's are real as well. Pandas. What did I say? Turtles? Did I say pandas? I hope so. But Andy then goes and wants to ask Craig a few um, conspiracy questions to see what he believes in. And obviously he starts with the flat earth. He wants to know if Craig's a flat earther. But if you do follow Craig on social media, you know that Craig loves to tag Delta and is always on the run traveling. So he says that he's been on enough planes to know that the the flat the earth is not flat thank you for that we don't need any flat earthers on the on the tv screen he asks about bigfoot but then he goes and um what is it he asks craig what wasn't just bigfoot right wasn't there another conspiracy he asked him about i didn't write that one in my notes but yeah anyways he just goes over the oh the other conspiracy was about austin being honest but before he gets into that, he did ask Olivia why she values honest or why honesty is so important to her. And she just kind of looks at Taylor and says, because she values friendships differently. And 
he does ask Andy does ask Austin who he thinks is the least honest in the group and guys Austin owned up to something he admits that it was him he himself and then we see Madison make a remark on the side saying that Austin's therapy is paying off it seems even though it's not because if it were he wouldn't be treating women the same way that he's been treating everyone but Andy continues on with the conspiracy theories and wonders if Madison saying I'm a fish when she was hiccuping in Jamaica actually worked to stop her hiccups but it didn't and I think that would have been obvious to all of us that that wasn't going to work but I guess Andy had to get that out of the way but Madison says that she doesn't want to give a dig because Andy does end up asking her what Brett thought when they rewatched back and saw that basically Austin thinks he's better looking than Brett and Madison just says that when Brett met Austin he realized he wasn't worried at all and that was a very big dig I don't know why Madison acted like she wasn't giving one but I guess that's just Madison's personality or quirkiness and Andy wonders if there was an awkward transition period when Madison first got married and how Hudson was able to adjust to it. But she says that what makes him, what makes their relationship work is that her husband is traveling or leaves, you know, three out of the four, three or four days of the week. So it gives Hudson, his mom, all to himself. And I think this works perfectly. It gives them time to bond, to grow together without feeling like another man came into his life and is intruding, I guess, in a way with his relationship with his mother. And they do end up bringing, I'm really glad they touched on the scene where Hudson came home with all bruised up and beat up by some mean boys who decided to bite him and shove him around. And Madison does admit that she did end up going to the boy's parents' house. And since his parents weren't home, she left a very hefty message on their ring camera. And she said his mother took care of him. So Andy also does bring up how baby number two is going. And I don't know what it is, but something about Madison's body language when she said that it's God's plan. And when he asked her about surrogacy, she said that she wants to do this on her own. I feel like Madison is having a little problem in the fertility department. And I just wish her the best. And I hope whatever it is, maybe she'll open up about it next season. Or maybe we'll, she'll open about it on social media or something. I hope something works out. But Andy does wonder if Shep seeing Madison inspires him to want to settle down. And Shep kind of like admits it in the beginning a little bit. But he doesn't know if this is his destiny. And metonymy scares him. To which Andy needs to confirm if he meant monogamy. But Shep feels like they're both the same thing. Shep is just an untraditional guy. So at this point, we all need to understand it. We've season, seen it from season one. It's not going to work for him. I feel like what Shep's issue is, is that he feels like he wants every girl. in, Like, you know, anyone who gives him that sort of attention, he says, well, why can't I have it? And I just think if he wants to find someone, he has to find someone who's willing to be in an open marriage in a way. I guess that's the only thing that would work for Shep, right? He does say he doesn't want it to be traditional. But we do get Lova who does explain to him that once you do have kids, you look forward to those times like bathing them or putting them to sleep that you thought you wouldn't have. That starts being the day, the part in your day that excites you and makes you very happy. And you don't even realize that that's what it is. But Craig does point out that Shep was the most happy when he was with Taylor, to which Shep doesn't deny. And he does say that he that was the happiest part of his life. So Andy does wonder why Austin called Madison a bored housewife, but Austin does admit that he was drunk and because everything was going south for him, he was deflecting on Madison. Kind of feels like Austin and Taylor sat down together and told each other that at this point they have to admit everything this reunion or else, you know, they could tell that the fandom sees right through BS and we're not going to put up with it. So they kind of just have to own it or else 
this could be, okay, not Austin, but it could be Taylor's last season. So Madison just say that she was pissed off at Austin, but Austin has to find a girl to even make her a housewife. So she didn't take much offense to it. And we see JT on the side making some comment that Austin always makes these snarky comments against Madison and Madison can do no right in his eyes. So JT just has no respect for Austin and he calls Austin a commodity, a commodist. Commodist, did I say that right? What, what is a commodist? Are we supposed to know what that is? Is he trying to be like Shep using those big words? Because I don't think it's going to work. If he didn't go to Vanderbilt, doesn't really have a leg to stand on. But we do get into Craig's package. And Andy says that Craig did the impossible, which is being the only guy in Charleston wanting to settle down. And this is why Craig's the number one guy on Bravo right now. But Andy does point out that on Watch What Happens Live, JT did point out that Craig was colorful, has colorful, you know, sexual fetishes, I guess, I suppose. And Craig does admit to it. He likes light bondage. And Craig explains that his thrill comes from the female's joy because it doesn't take a lot to make a guy happy. To which Andy goes and brings the conversation that they had on the bus of Shep not caring if he leaves his girl happy. But Shep does state a comment that every girl's finish line is so finicky that he only leaves an evening satisfied on his end. And Craig tells Shep that if he he's making excuses for not figuring out the puzzle. Wink, wink. See, Craig, guys, Craig is an understanding man. And this is why Paige is with him. Paige knows what to provide us for the camera screens. And she doesn't want to, I guess give Craig too much of an ego to not leave her. So, you know, she plays it kind of smart on camera. But I bet you behind closed doors, she's all over him and they're just fine. And I do see them being the first Bravo couple to actually make it. But Andy then questions if Austin completes his ladies. But Austin does say that Madison confirmed at last reunion. So they show us that flashback. And not only that, but we do get Olivia who also confirms that Austin is a generous lover. I mean, Olivia seems like she's completely not annoyed at Austin or pissed off at him whatsoever, but we haven't reached the other parts to actually know her feelings so far towards him. But I swear on the preview, they she had said something like her and Austin went on a trip after this season had finished filming. So that is very hypocritical of Olivia to do that. But Andy does ask Taylor the same question. And Taylor's pretty smart because, you know, he asks if Austin's generous in bed and she just says that she wouldn't know. And like I said, I do at this point, I believe that nothing more than a kiss happened between Taylor and Austin. And I'm going to just leave it there for now until I see the rest of how she acts, her body language, and what she responds, her, what her response is back when they question her about Austin. We see that Andy wonders how sewing down south is going for Craig. And he says Craig answers by saying that they have 30 employees with health insurance. They have an eight-figure business now, and they're distributed in Kroger. And I, I believe he's in Home Goods as well, which is amazing business for him if he is in Home Goods. But Craig says that his home renovations are complete as well. His pool, his jacuzzi's done, and Paige is the one who decorated his entire house. You cannot tell me these people are not getting married if Paige decorated his house. They are definitely in it for the long haul or else she wouldn't have put the time and effort to help him with his own home, okay? And he actually does point out that Chef and Austin swing by there a lot. It seems like he has a passcode so Austin can easily just slip in through the back and he says he checks his cameras to see what Austin is doing when he's not home. But Austin does point out that he does text Craig ahead of time before he does come over. So it's not like just some weird 
but coming into his place when he's not around. I'm assuming it's when Paige goes to New York to spend time with, or when Craig goes to New York to spend time with Paige, Austin and Shep like to hang around his place. But Shep seems more of only coming around when Craig is at the house. Andy does say, though, that he wants to be sure because he re- he read a comment from someone on Twitter saying that Paige will never move to Charleston, and he gets the cast to raise their, their hand to see who he thinks Paige will end up coming here and they all do raise their hand but they all say that once Craig and Paige are ready to have kids is when we will officially see Paige moving there so as of right now Paige will be staying in New York and even if Paige does move to Charleston 100% it'll still be like maybe 30% going back to New York every once in a while at that point but Andy does bring up that Taylor saying Paige Taylor saying Paige cheated on Craig. He's wondering where it came from. And Taylor admits that she heard it around BravoCon, actually. But not just from anyone at BravoCon, from Catherine Dennis, which was very surprising to me considering Catherine is best friends with Craig out of everyone in the entire cast. So I don't know why Catherine would say, but I guess Catherine wanted a way to come back this season and it just didn't work out. Because, I mean, they did have Taylor and Shep both end up saying it this season. But Leva does admit that she also heard it around town in Charleston. But Leva felt that it was just someone trying to hate on Paige. But she says from a different camp. So does that mean someone on Bravo from a different show? Is that what she's trying to insinuate? Because that's what it felt like. But Craig does admit that him and Taylor did talk about it after that scene happened in the first episode. They hashed it out and he was very, uh, what's the word? He was just very understanding of Paige's stance because he says that he's been cheated on before and he knows how it could take a toll on someone and it can make you be very irrational and say things that you really don't mean because you just want other people to feel what you're feeling. So Taylor apologized to him and they're all good. And Andy does wonder why Shep says that Paige basically doesn't exist. And Shep just says that his relationship with Taylor was under a microscope and people started picking out loose threads with him and Taylor. But Craig does admit that Paige hides in her room at times when she doesn't want to film a scene. And Craig also admits that his relationship with Paige isn't scrutinized as it's... Oh, sorry. My, I just like slapped my microphone and it hit my chin really hard. Now that concealer on my chin is officially going to be on this microphone. But anyways, Paige admits that the reason his relationship with Paige is not under scrutiny is because they don't have infidelity the same way that Shep and Taylor do. Craig is not a liar. He's not a cheater. Him and Paige are very straight up with one another. So there really isn't anything people can say about the relationship other than the comments that everyone usually makes, which is Paige isn't that into Craig. But if you want me to be honest, I do feel like their relationship is just as much watched as everyone else's. I feel like every time I'm on Reddit, half of the Reddit posts are about Craig and Paige. So I don't know where Shep is getting that from. Shep's only was scrutinized because he was cheating. Okay. that That's the only consensus that I could come up with. That's what everybody knows. Bishop does admit that if he was with Taylor while not being on camera, that him and Taylor would have been married by now. Um, Was I the only one whose jaw dropped when he said that? Like, I did not see that coming from Shep. I still think that he would have been with Taylor if they weren't on cameras. I do believe that. But I believe the only reason they would have been married if they weren't on camera is because Shep wouldn't have been caught as easily or as fast cheating on Taylor as he would have on camera. Or Taylor would have caught it, would not have caught him cheating till they would have been married and she would have just let it go by then or just not done anything about it because if they weren't on camera, Taylor wouldn't have the whole world to respond to if she did stay with him. 
But the entire cast was actually caught by surprise. And Shep does admit that it's because he wouldn't be distracted. And Andy tells Taylor that she seems like she's very mixed up with Shep's response. But Taylor just says that she feels it isn't in Shep's cards to get married. And she does have a mix of emotions towards it. But I really do feel like since Taylor started dating this guy, she, she's, she's come to this reunion with a completely different demeanor. She's completely over Shep. She's in a different headspace. And I'm rooting for her. I really am. And so far, I feel like she's done good this reunion i don't know i'm kind of siding with taylor here over olivia olivia gets on my nerves especially with that news that once we get there what we heard at the end of the episode that really changed my perspective on olivia but you know sheb does admit that taylor was right about a lot of things about him and his her analysis on him and Shep gets a little emotional, but they delve into it later because it's something that Shep wants to address with the entire group. So now we get into Taylor's package. And Andy asks Taylor how being single was in Charleston. And she admits that it was weird and it was very different. But Olivia says that she was actually excited to go into the season as Taylor's BFF because she wanted to show that there are more than just these guys' girlfriends and exes. And obviously that did not pan out well because they were only kind of BFFs the first two episodes. And then everything just kind of went downhill from there. But Andy does point out that the viewers were very confused by Taylor's behavior because she acted like she was done with Shep in the beginning. But then the second she saw him back on, you know, on our screens and while she was with him, she was confronted by him. She basically just wanted him back right away and her entire persona that she was trying to give off in the beginning dissipated. I mean, but what I did love about Taylor here is that she did take full ownership. She did say that she didn't believe her own words and she was emotional around Shep because it was kind of like an out of sight, out of mind thing when he was out in South Africa and Australia. She didn't think about it. But then the second she saw him months later, she just, all of her emotions had rehashed towards him and she couldn't hold it in. And Ship just looks really sad and distraught every time Taylor is giving a response like he wishes he got back with her or something at the end of the season. We see that Andy does bring up the dildo that Taylor had gifted Madison on that, you know, um, wedding party that she had, the little wedding get together. And they bring up how unclassy it was. And Madison just throws another dig at Shep saying that now she knows why Taylor brought it. Because Taylor had needed it more. Considering, you know, Shep never took care of her in their relationship in that aspect. But Madison does admit that it was her husband's first time meeting Taylor. And it wasn't a bachelorette party. So it wasn't really the time or place for her to bring something like that. Which I do agree with Madison there. But what am I not agreeing with what Madison says? I feel like she, she just has a great head on her shoulders. And Andy goes into the nude that Taylor had sent Whitney and he wonders why she sent it to him. And Taylor just says that it was because she heard Shep and Whitney were gallivanting around town, bringing women home to Patricia's. So she admits that she did it to get under Shep's skin. And Andy does bring up that he didn't like how Taylor was shamed for it, especially coming from Vanita and Madison. And Vanita does admit that they weren't shaming her for the nude itself, but rather because she had sent it to another one of Shep's friend and someone who was in the friend group, you know, the cast. So we see that Madison does bring up that it was Whitney's girlfriend who actually complained about the picture that Taylor sent. But Taylor looks at her like, what girlfriend? Whitney's hooked up with everyone in Charleston and everyone knows about it. So that's a BS response. But I'm assuming that's just what Patricia had told Madison to kind of save face so that it didn't seem like Whitney told Patricia because Whitney, Patricia was getting a lot of flack for that. And same with Whitney. 
Craig does point out that Shep wouldn't let Taylor send him nudes when they were dating, but Shep does say that he doesn't like his girlfriend or someone that he really respects to send him explicit pictures, to which Leva goes and defends him in it because she says that her husband is the same way. And we see Leva admitting that she did actually see the text thread because Whitney, that idiot, the disrespectful man, he is literally TRAF 2.0, had showed it to her. And when Taylor sent it, she didn't just say, come one, come all. She told Whitney to come meet her in Nashville and sleep with her. And Taylor goes, when was I in Nashville? And then when they ask Taylor about the text, she just goes and says that she has no recollection of it. And, oh, Taylor, you were doing so well. But the second she said she had no recollection of it and that she deleted the text thread shows me that she did say that and she's just trying to save face at this point. Um, so I kind of didn't like how Lovell was trying to throw Taylor under the bus here. So I like that Craig jumps in and says, no, Whitney was actually hammered because Lovett tries to explain that Whitney was embarrassed trying to tell her. No, he wasn't. Craig says that he was hammered and bragging about it. So Craig in, like goes back into it and doubles down that Whitney was the bad guy and Whitney shouldn't have shown anyone this. And this proves again why Craig is the number one guy in the group. And we see JT come again into defense of Taylor but he does it all wrong, kind of putting all the blame on Shep, which Taylor's not a little girl. And that's what Craig says, too. I mean, Taylor's in her 30s. She's a grown woman. He Taylor JT's just trying to say that if Shep didn't do what he did to Taylor, Taylor wouldn't have made all these mistakes. But no, if Taylor had a good head on her shoulders, she would know not to make these silly mistakes and to kind of grieve within herself and not show it to the world. And Taylor just kind of just tells Shep that he can't take responsibility for how she acted, which is her taking ownership again, which I love. But Shep apologizes and says that he's empathetic towards her, and that's really all. But Taylor does admit that she does have a new boyfriend now, so we're happy for her. And he's TJ's roommate, and TJ's from Southern Hospitality. They do admit that they actually did see Taylor fight with her boyfriend at BravoCon, to which Andy asks her why that happened. And we get Taylor saying that they fought because her boyfriend saw Shep smacking her butt. And Shep doesn't even remember this, guys, at BravoCon in Vegas. Shep was obliterated. And Andy wonders how Shep even remembers what he did because Shep keeps denying that that even happened. And then Shep just kind of takes it in and says, you know what, maybe I did do it. And then Andy goes in and actually tells everyone that Shep said he has something on his mind that he would like to address with the group. And they show a flashback of a few hours ago in Shep's dressing room telling Andy that he would like to talk to the group. And this is very serious, but they made it seem like he was going to open up about something like, here, I'll bring it up when we go into it. So Shep explains that he's at a crossroads and at BravoCon was the impetus and he was just out of control. He was drunk in Vegas and he scared himself, but never really admits what he was scared of. I know it has to do with the drinking. But he said that he had a convo with his friends in Charleston and he said that he can't really explain what happened at BravoCon because he just doesn't remember anything for him to talk about. And Andy goes into how during the Watch What Happens Live at BravoCon, Austin was trying so hard to take care of Shep just to make him even look presentable because there were fans there, you know, coming to see and he didn't want to look like he was out of it in front of the the fans that were coming to, to take pictures and talk to Shep. So... Austin admits that that wasn't the first time. And then Shep apparently invited Craig and Austin for a meeting after BravoCon to talk. And Austin and Craig had rejected it. 
because this has happened over 17 times with Shep's drinking getting out of control. And Craig explains that Shep is a reckless drunk driver as well. And he felt that Shep was going to ruin his life. And he just can't be here for him anymore in this situation and jump off this cliff with him. He won't. If Shep won't help himself, him and Austin just can't be there for him anymore. And Shep tells Craig to talk then. But Craig says that you always want to talk about it, but you keep doing the same thing. And we see JT on the side continuously make snarky comments to which Madison and Leva are laughing. And Shep just wants their support and help. And he says that he hears them and he wants to put in the effort for once to help himself. And he's in a headspace to make changes. And he explains that the music stopped. He sees Craig and Austin have this podcast. Craig has Sewing Down South. And Shep is just hurting himself and feels like he's at a loss with his life. He doesn't feel like he's doing anything with himself. And he does admit that he feels shame. And he thought that he was still the same clever guy, but he's noticing that he's this worthless idiot. And yes, he is. Wow, it took him took him nine years to notice that about himself. And he does admit that he just doesn't have anything and can't do what he used to do. And he admits that he misses being the fun guy, but he just can't do that anymore. And... It, I mean, maybe it was t- it's time for him to start a family. I feel like that's what's going to make Shep get out of this lifestyle that he thinks he needs to keep living. But this is when I think or I, I thought that Shep was going to lead into saying he's going to go to rehab, as Madison pointed out, or he was going to quit drinking cold turkey. But when Andy does ask him if he's quitting drinking, Craig says he's just drinking beer now. Like, bro, you could still get drunk from beer. If you have to drink beer when it reaches this point of of recklessness and putting yourself in very dangerous situations you have to quit all around I'd rather you like do something else take up I guess sewing no that's Craig's thing I don't know I guess take up playing chess you do golf too go play some golf continue exploring the world without alcohol I don't know find something Like, I really thought he'd end it with saying he'd go to rehab. Or I thought he was going to say he got into this horrible car accident that affected one of his friend's lives that really changed his perspective on things. But no, none of that. He just, I don't know. I feel like something happened that Shep doesn't want to say on camera. Do you guys think that? Because that's what I think. But now we go into Andy bringing up Shep and Austin of it all. But not really the Taylor part as much. Just a little part of it. So we see... Shep admitting that what hurts was looking back at this season or looking at Australia, like, you know, at their moments in Australia and just wondering why Austin couldn't talk like they had weeks together. And he just wished that there was one day out of the time that they were in Australia where Austin could have sat him down, admitted what happened with Taylor. And Andy wonders if Shep would have accepted it. And Shep said that, yeah, he would have thanked Austin for being honest and then sat down and had been able to process it without the cameras in his face and without being around Taylor to know how to move forward with it. But Shep also does admit that his problem watching it back was when Austin had said at Patricia's house that if he had made it to Taylor, because it was a night when him and uh, him and Shep, Shep and Austin were at a bar together, and that's when they spotted Taylor. And Austin pointed out that if he just made it to Taylor before Shep, Taylor would have been his. And the entire cast believes that too, including Madison. But Taylor does say that that would not have happened, and she was very much interested from Shep from the get-go and explains that he's the one who captivated her from the from the beginning. And we get Love explaining that Taylor and Austin are thinking about what happened in the moment, but really what bothered the entire group is that they both continued to lie to Shep and Olivia, which is what made everyone want to take a step back from them. And Craig jumps in as well and says that the problem was 
that they had a sexual desire and they did something about it. Not that they ignored it and told everyone. They they did something about it and then they tried to hide it from everyone and then they tried to back down from it or, or you know, go back on their word and tell everyone, no, that's not what we tried to do. And we see Olivia. She tells Taylor that they were mad at her because Olivia tells Taylor. Yeah. So basically Olivia goes off on Taylor saying, you and Austin were mad at me because I wouldn't forgive y'all. Why would I forgive y'all when I kept figuring out new lies that you guys were telling me every single time? And she does have a point there. That was the reason like Olivia felt like they were getting mad at her just because she wouldn't forgive them. She does not have to forgive you. When you apologize to someone, they don't need to, they don't need to forgive you. You, you apologize. You did your part and that's it. You move on. If they want to forgive you, if they want to build something with you again, that's on them, but you can't initiate anything anymore. And this is what actually made me not like Olivia anymore. When Taylor let it out that basically Olivia did the same thing. Like, you can't forgive me for something you did. And everyone was like, wait, what did Olivia do? And it turned out Olivia did sleep with Thomas Ravenel, to which Madison did say last reunion, but nobody believed it because Olivia shut it down and we believed Olivia's word right away for it. Ew. And the thing is, this also proves how much of a creep Thomas is because she did it fresh out of college. She was still 20 or something. And Olivia says it's not the same thing, which she's right. It isn't the same thing because she didn't know Catherine yet, but it was insinuated. It was five years ago and him and Catherine had had the babies by then. So he was on and off with Catherine. We just don't know if it was during their on or off period. So yeah, but just the fact that Olivia would sleep with T-Rav is the part that makes me not respect her and it makes me notice what her views are and I just don't like it. Okay, I don't like it. Don't like it. But that was the first part of the reunion. It was a, it was actually better than I thought. They went into some things. The chef part of it was very interesting. Uh, part of me feels like next reunion might be a filler, which I don't know why they made this a three-part reunion. This could have perfectly been a two-parter. But you know what? They're giving us more Southern charm. They're getting their paychecks in. For these episodes, they're, they're cashing them in. I'm wondering if Shep is going to be traveling again at the end of this. I personally thought when Shep was going to say something, he was going to announce that this was his last year being on the show. But no, it's not. Which I, I want it to stay. Like, I want the OGs to stay on it. I know sometimes people want the guys to sleep for it, but I feel like what makes Southern Charm an interesting Bravo show is for once we're focusing on the men's live lives in something when it comes to reality TV and it's really nice to see how men fight how they maneuver their relationships and just how they you know can move up with their life like with women we constantly see them wanting to get pregnant to uh, change their careers to build a home and with men it's kind of a different level that we're seeing you know Craig's opening up a business Austin's on and off with his beer company their podcast all that good stuff so anyways it's just a different side that we're seeing so this was a pretty good reunion so far I hope you guys have a great weekend and I will see you and catch you next week for the next part of the Southern Charm reunion and we will see we will be having Suzanne on the podcast on Monday for the Potomac recap so catch her on there and we are signing off